Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Ditch Decade Diets Podcast. I am your host, Lorna Perozo, certified food freedom coach and founder of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. I've spent 10 years in an unhealthy relationship with food, binge eating, over-exercising, and feeling insecure in my body. This podcast is all about helping you get to the root of your food struggles and teaching you how to rewire your brain so you can end binge eating. If you're ready to improve your relationship with food and cultivate more self-love towards yourself and your health, this is the podcast for you. So let's get to it and jump right in. Hello, everybody hopping on. Hello, hello. I am very excited today because I want to talk to you about the do's and don'ts of healing your relationship with food. There are a lot of things that I would say myths that people believe in order to heal their relationship with food. And I kind of want to just bust some myths today and share with you like what you think you need to heal your relationship with food versus what you actually need to heal your relationship with food. Hi, Stephanie. So the first thing that I want to say is this is this is not in any particular order, but something that you don't need to heal your relationship with food that most people think they need. Number one is to keep trigger foods out of the house. I swear for you, I swear to you, if I had a dollar every time somebody said, I just need to keep it out of the house. Like I just need to not buy it. I need to just not have the chocolate because if it's in the house, then every time I'm just going to go in the cupboards. If I know that it's there, I'm going to binge on it. I would literally be like a bajillionaire. (laughs) And I thought this too. So if you, if you think this, it's okay. I'm going to explain to you why this isn't a sustainable solution. Okay. Here's the thing. Of course, if you don't have trigger foods in the house, of course you technically like can't binge on it, but that does not prevent you from thinking about those foods. That does not prevent you from literally going out into your car, driving to the store and buying those foods. That does not prevent you from binging on those foods when you're at a friend's house or you're at a social event or you are at a wedding. If you just stop exposing yourself to triggers, it doesn't help you become less triggered. In fact, it actually intensifies the trigger. We think I'm triggered. I don't, I don't want to have these trigger foods because they're so triggering, but you not exposing yourself to the trigger actually intensifies the trigger. And the reason why you're not able to keep trigger foods in the house and not binge is because you haven't built trust yet, right? When you make peace with this food, then of course you're going to be able to have it in the house without binging on it. I use my chocolate chip example, a chocolate chip pancakes example all the time, just because it's, 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 it was one of my trigger foods. I'm like, I just can't buy this stuff. I just can't allow myself to make my favorite chocolate chip pancakes. And that never worked because I would be dreaming about it. I'd be thinking about it. And then literally when the craving would just build and build and build and it would intensify, I would just go to the store and make myself chocolate chip pancakes. And I wouldn't just be able to make myself like a few. I would make myself so many. And of course I would eat until I was physically sick, but it it's not that the chocolate chip pancakes were 
like something that I shouldn't be having. It was because I simply was trying to keep the chocolate out of the house. I was not allowing myself to have these foods that actually created the binge. Okay. So that's really the first one that a lot of people believe, like, I just need to keep them out of the house. And hopefully you're starting to see now that it's not a sustainable solution. Number two is to say no to your cravings. And that kind of, you know, relates to the first thing that I just say, but maybe you've been told that like cravings are bad and you should try to just have healthier alternatives. And if you're craving chocolate, just have some fruit. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with wanting healthier alternatives. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, prioritize your health. And maybe, you know, that certain foods don't make you feel good. So you want to be a little bit healthier. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is the problem is when you are saying no to your cravings because you feel like, oh my gosh, cravings are bad. I'm not allowed to have this food. That's the diet mentality. And then, like I was saying, your cravings intensify. So they're no longer a craving. They're now a binge urge. Okay. So you definitely don't need to be dismissing your cravings and saying no to your cravings is that they just build and build and build. Okay. The next one. Oh my gosh. I hear this so often. I think yes, Jessica, absolutely. Moderation. Yes. So many people are like, Lorna, I emotionally eat and I binge because I'm working from home. And here's the thing, like, of course, if you are working at home, right, then you're in closer proximity to your fridge. You can literally just go downstairs or maybe you even have your office in the in the kitchen, like whatever your, your your thing is. And of course, it might be easier for you to just go downstairs and grab something when you know you're not hungry versus, you know, going into the office and then you have a set lunch time. You have like, you know, specific times you're with people. So you might not have the foods that you normally eat at home by yourself in front of your coworkers. But let's look at the other side. I have, I have some clients. I have some clients that are like, Lorna, like in the, in the lunchroom, there's always snacks. Oh my gosh. Everybody always brings the donuts and the treats. And so it's like, it's not about your environment. There are some people who work at home who have control. And there are some people that go into the office and they have control as well too. So don't let your external circumstances determine your food. It's easy to blame like, oh, but I just, if I work from home. So like, it's so much easier. But then people who work in the office, they're like, oh, but like I'm surrounded by all my coworkers. And then, you know, everybody always brings in all these delicious treats. So it's like, you can't win unless you decide right? Like don't let your, don't let whether it's working from home or going into the office, determine your relationship with food. And yes, giving into your cravings is is important because of course, like, you know, you're not going to eat like chocolate and cake all day. I'm not about that. But the thing is, it's like, when you don't give into your cravings, you think about it. Like if you say, I want chocolate, but I shouldn't eat it. It's like all you're going to be thinking about is chocolate for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, right? And then this is when the binge urges come. It's like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to I'm just going to binge, right? I binge when I I feel unsafe mentally, when I'm anxious, but I don't know how to regulate myself. Breathwork. 
I'm a certified breathwork facilitator. So if you want to do a breathwork session with me, you can absolutely message me. This is one of the most like powerful ways to regulate your nervous system sustainably, find safety within yourself, within your body, and just remind your body at all times, like I am safe, I am calm, I am grounded, I am relaxed, okay? So there's that. Another thing that you might be believing that you need to have more control with food is to stay busy and distract yourself so that you don't give into the urge to binge. I was working with a client and she said, you know, for almost a year, she felt like somewhat in control with food because she was really busy with work and she was just trying to like distract herself. And then she ended up coming to me and working with me because she realized like she didn't heal her relationship with food. She was just trying to, oh, thanks Jasmine for the the rose. She was just trying to distract herself and stay busy. And sure, that might, you know, if you're super busy with work and you're just like, like completely distracting yourself, you might not have the time necessarily to binge, but that's a Band-Aid. That does not fix your relationship with food. It's literally just like a way to prevent you from binging, but it actually doesn't prevent your binge urges. It just like, it's just like a temporary thing, right? It doesn't distraction and staying busy doesn't rewire your brain. Distraction and staying, staying busy doesn't get rid of the urge to binge. So what ends up happening is when your schedule fills up and at the end of the day, you have to sit with yourself. Oh shit. Right. It's like all the feelings pop up and like the urge is still there. So that's, that's not what you need. Okay. Another one is, um, one more I'm going to talk about, which I talk about a lot, but I think a lot of people still believe this is I think I need more motivation. Like I just need more willpower. (sighs) I promise you, it's not about trying harder. You have this urge to binge that has been ingrained into your brain. You are working against your brain. It's not about just, just try harder. You can't think your way out of a binge, so it's not about that, okay? Now, what you actually need, now you know what you don't need. Maybe you've been believing those things for a while. This is what you actually need to heal your relationship with food and to have more control. Number one, you've got to ditch the dieting mentality. If you still see food as this food is good and this food is bad, it's going to be really hard for you to actually ask yourself, what do I want to eat? Because you might want something to eat, but you're like, but I shouldn't because the calories, like I remember when I was dieting and I was so scared to eat like nut butter and almonds and cashews because they were like so high in calories. So I would buy the fake like PB2, um, like powdered peanut butter and it was fine but there's nothing like real nut butter. Like, let's be honest, right? So if you have that diet mentality, then although you want the nut butter, you're trying to eat this other food that you're not really enjoying. Like it's actually not even satisfying. And you you have that mentality of like, oh, but I really want the nut, nut butter, but I'm not allowed to. So you have to get rid of that dieting mentality. It's so important, Okay. Number two, you have to make peace with all trigger foods. You have to make peace with all trigger foods because if you sustainably want to stop your binge eating, 
Because if you have any type of food that you, it's like still like a trigger for you. And, you know, it's like, again, you're still thinking like, I just got to keep it out of the house. Like you're never going to not be exposed to those foods. I remember when I was dieting, I only allowed myself certain foods, but then when I would go out for dinner, I'd be so anxious. And then I would go out for, you know, Christmas or birthday parties and get togethers and all of the foods would be there and I would be so anxious. So in order to regain your control back, you have to make peace with all trigger foods so that you can have them in the house and have zero desire to binge, zero desire. Like you can have them, absolutely. But because there's no shiny, magical lore to this food anymore, like it's no longer triggering, you can have a little bit of it and simply move on with your day, okay? The next thing you need to actually have more control over food is to listen to your body and honor your cravings, okay? So I talked about this. Cravings are not the enemy. I promise you that. Cravings are not the enemy. We have this weird thing about cravings. Like I'm just going to drink a lot of water so that I don't give into my cravings. Like we see cravings as like a monster. Like it's like a bad thing. Cravings are not bad. They are literally signs from your body. Anytime I have a craving, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get curious. What am I actually wanting? And, and what happens when you heal your relationship with food is you become so in tune with your body that you actually start getting so specific on even the healthy foods that you're craving. So when you're binging, it feels like your cravings are only for sweets. When you heal your relationship with food and you make peace with trigger foods and you honor your cravings, you're going to start to notice you can pinpoint cravings like Ooh, I'm craving a strawberry banana smoothie. I'm craving a salad with apples. Like you can actually, and of course you're still going to have cravings for those sweets, but you're also, because you're so in, so in tune with your body, it's like, Ooh, I actually feel like a salad this morning or for lunch, you know, like, Ooh, I kind of feel like this smoothie, like you're going to be so in tune with your body. And that is the most beautiful thing. Okay. You need tools to manage, cope, and process your emotions. This is so important because we cannot necessarily control, you know, how we feel on a day-to-day basis. Like you, maybe you are really stressed out at work and it's not like you can just quit your job. So what you can control is how you respond to your emotions. So you might not control the fact that you are stressed out or anxious, but you can control what you do about how you feel in order to, um, to feel and process those emotions. So I was saying breath work is the best way to be able to manage your emotions, breathing exercises. Like I was saying, like reminding your body, I am safe. Like I am allowed to feel when you do breath work, you're, you're allowing your body to feel you're processing your emotions. You're not stuffing your emotions down. You're not eating your emotions. So often it's like, Oh, I had a stressful day. I deserve the ice cream because I had a stressful day. Oh, well, I'm just going to have the brownies because like, I'm so stressed out. And like, I don't want to think about the 9 million projects that I have to do. So I'm just going to eat so that I don't feel But then that emotion intensifies and it just grows and it grows and it grows. 
The emotions don't go away unless you actually feel through them and you process them, okay? The other thing that you need is to rewire your brain. I talk about this all the time. This is my process. I created my root and rewire process so you can get to the root of your binge eating and learn how to rewire your brain so you no longer feel the urge to binge. Like I said, most people will try distracting themselves and staying busy when they feel the urge to binge. Oh, I want to binge. I'm just going to go for a walk. I want to binge. I'm just going to book back-to-back meetings so that I don't think about food. It's never a sustainable solution. If you want to stop your binge eating for good, you have to rewire your brain so you don't feel that urge. The reason I'm binge free today is because I don't feel the urge. This is what I teach my clients. I don't feel the urge, so I don't binge. The urge is what is what creates you to want to binge. You feel that uncomfortable sensation and you've you've trained your body that the only way you can have relief, pleasure, and feel comforted to get rid of that like uncomfortable urge sensation in your body is to binge. And the urge is like convincing you like this is what you need one more time, right? You, you You know what the urge says to you, like just one more time. But imagine if you didn't feel that urge to binge, you wouldn't binge. So These are the things that you actually need. And, you know, when it comes to regaining control with food, like it's not one thing. People are always like, Lorna, like, just tell me like, what's one thing? And I'm like, there's not one thing. (laughs) Like, You guys, healing your relationship with food is not something that you're going to do overnight. Ending your binge eating is not something that you're going to do overnight. You didn't create an unhealthy relationship with food in a day. It happened maybe like over some time. Some of you guys have been struggling with an unhealthy relationship with food for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years. For me, it was a decade. And I know some people it's longer, some people it's shorter. So I wasn't expecting to stop my binge eating in a week. I wasn't expecting to heal my relationship with food in a week. I knew that rewiring my brain is going to take time. Ditching the dieting mentality was going to take time. Regulating my nervous system was going to take time making peace with trigger foods, right? So don't try to think about a quick fix solution. If you're always thinking about a quick fix, it's like, you're just going to go back to the next diet. This is actually what it takes to sustainably end your binge eating for good. I am not about just helping you stop your binge eating for a week or a month or even a year. I want to help you get to a point so you no longer feel the urge to binge And you can sustainably end your binge eating for good. So it doesn't matter if you're super stressed out, you don't binge. It doesn't matter if you buy trigger foods and you keep them in the house, you don't binge. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation, you don't binge. This is to me, this is to me what sustainable what a sustainable, healthy, balanced relationship with food looks like. I agree with you. It takes time. Yes. Hi, Andrea. My sister's name is Andrea. So what classifies eating as a binge? Good question. So the thing is, binge eating 
I actually have a few videos on, on my TikTok and my podcast and whatnot, but binge eating is when you feel out of control with food. So it's not like you can just have one bite of something sweet. It's like one bite of something sweet turns into, okay, well, I just had, you know, I just had some chocolate. So now I'm going to have some uh, brownies and then I'm also going to have something else and then I'm going to have something else. So it's like out of control. It's this out of body experience. You feel like this rush of anxiety. There's guilt. So you feel guilty about eating certain foods. You're judging your food choices you feel bad, like you feel you feel bad about eating certain foods. You're constantly thinking about food. Like, when's my next meal? Did I eat too much? Like, did I eat enough? Did I eat too much? Should I eat this? Am I allowed to eat this? So, so constant food thoughts. And like I said, it's typically done in secret when you're home alone, um, late at night. Like for me, it was always, I would always binge when I was by myself and late at night. I would do so good all day, like eat so healthy. And then I would just binge at night. And people think like binge eating means like you're binging on like donuts and chocolate and stuff. And yes, there are some people who do that. For me, I even binge on healthy foods. Like I was a very healthy person. So I would even find myself like I would have my dinner and then I'm like, ooh, like what else do I want? And then I would go back for more when I knew I wasn't hungry. And then I was like, well, because I already ate so much and I'm so full, well, let me also have some fruit. Let me have some dark chocolate. And then let me also have some grapes. And the the next thing you know, it's like, you don't even recognize what you're doing. You're like, oh my gosh, I just consumed so many calories. So binge eating can look different for every single person, but it's the feeling. It's the feeling that you get while you're eating that really makes the difference. Some, somebody can have five slices of pizza with their friends. And it's like, yeah, I feel good. Like I had five slices and somebody else can be eating super fast, you know, eating the five slices of pizza in secret. Like, I hope nobody sees me. It's that rush of anxiety feeling. So that that's what binge eating is. Okay. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. This was really what you think you need to have more control with food versus what you actually need to stop binge eating. There is a big difference. And if you believed any of the things that I just shared, don't beat yourself up because I believe them as well too until I knew better. And I was like, oh, like this, this makes sense. This makes sense. Thoughts on Viennese. So I've, I've had some clients on that, but then they came to work with me (laughs) because again, like, you know, being on like medication or, or whatever, it's like, what happened? Like, you don't want to be on that for the rest of your life. At least, you know, I I don't think so. Right. So it's like, I, I, I'm not about quick fixes at all. I'm not about quick fixes at all. And I've worked with clients who were on that, the, the Viennese and, you know, they, they would come to me because number one, they knew it was not a sustainable solution. They wanted to get off, but also it's like when you're off of it, like, do you still have the urge? Because if you don't get rid of the urge to binge, like you're still going to be binging. If you don't heal your relationship with food, like just like even an example of side note, like weight loss surgery. I have clients that come to me after weight loss surgery. Why? It didn't fix their relationship with food. It didn't get rid of the urge to binge. It didn't help them make peace with trigger foods, 
right? So it's like, I'm all about getting to the root, helping you sustainably stop your binge eating. So that that's what I'm all about. But you guys know if this resonated with you in any way, you guys can always message me on my Instagram if you want to, um, if you want to get some support from me. Okay. <sighs> so thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you found this so very helpful. Have an amazing rest of your day and we'll see you guys soon. Bye guys.